This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Patrick Intensive Care Unit. Rav Chaim Kainevsky said to add a name. So now they call him Chaim Binyamin. The doctors basically say there is no hope. He is still holding out in stable but critical condition for over a month. Chaim Binyamin's father, Rabbi Yisrael Mayer, has been involved for many years with helping people put on filters to minimize their internet usage to what they really need. After the accident, he came up with to a sobering realization of how one's life can literally change from one minute to the next, how valuable each minute is. So he started a new movement. Maybe some of you guys, some of the people watching, um, got this on their WhatsApp called DeleteOneApp.com. This movement is to help people to get back a piece of their life, one app at a time, by removing just one app that sucks up all their time, that takes them away from the world that surrounds them, their family, their friends, and themselves. This will enable them to contact, to connect in a real way to the real world in a real way. With the slogan, App Life or Ad Life, the goal is to have as many people around the world to choose life by deleting apps or taking on to shut phone for first 15 minutes of supper time with their family. This movement has potential to spread worldwide. Hold on. We currently have 500 people who took on something, and we definitely can easily hit 5,000 people. We just need help spreading the word. Tiskele Mitzvah may be as close for the child. Chaim ben Yamin ben Shoshana Rezel Beagleisen. Chaim ben Yamin ben Shoshana Rezel. DeleteOneApp.com. Thanks. If you want to read about it, just go online to DeleteOneApp.com. Thank you. So he, the father of this boy, for Fushalema, is asking for everyone to delete one app. Just one app. Maybe CBS Sports. I don't know what app, but any app. So that would be very, that would be amazing. If everyone could do that who's watching, it would be absolutely amazing. Number two, the book, Baruch Hashem, is almost finished. Give it up a lesson a day. Um, it's going to be coming out in Elo. We'll start talking about how to donate, Lili Nishmas, or for whatever reason, um, a page in the, in the book like we did in the other book, um, the attitude of gratitude. Okay, now let me tell you what's going on. What's going on on my table over here? So, I was. I got a phone call. We need the cameraman to move with me. Of this, I got. I got a phone call, and um, a principal called me up. She has two twelfth grade girls that need to talk to me. What's going on? One is very very smart, and one of them just doesn't care at all. They don't believe in Hashem. They don't believe that Hashem created the world. They have a lot of questions. They're getting the whole 12th grade crazy. And the apicorosis is spreading through the school. And right, Wallace, you need to handle it. So I'm sending them to your office. Two girls. One's very smart with a lot of questions. And the other one's not so smart, but she just doesn't care. She's done. Okay. Now, I've been dealing with this, everyone who's watching this, you know I've been dealing with this for a very long time. Most of the time, these people really don't have questions. They're just like, you started talking to boys, like, what are you doing wrong? You need to get rid of Hashem, right? Why do you have to get rid of Hashem? You know, it's an interesting thing, Joey. No one in all the years, it's, I'm teaching 40 years, okay, kids off the death, whatever you want to, no one ever asked me, how do you know they're angels? No one ever asked me. We learn... Three angels came to Abraham Avinu, what to tell Lot, what to save Lot, what to fix Abraham Avinu. No one ever said, one second, Rebbe, I don't believe in angels. But everyone has problems with, I don't believe in God. God doesn't talk to me, I don't see God, how do you know there's a God? One second, how come nobody ever asked me, I don't see angels, I don't talk to angels, how do you know there are angels, when were they created, who's their father, who's their mother, how long are they here? How come we don't see them? No one in 40 years ever asked me when I taught that parasha, Vayera, or Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim to Esav. No one ever said, I don't believe in angels. I never saw one. How come all these people have problems with God, right? God didn't create the world. There is no God. Theory of randomness, atheism. When it comes to angels, nobody ever asked a question. And the answer is, Joey, what do you think? What do you think the answer is? Angels don't tell you what to do. 
So I don't got to get rid of them. They'll tell you, keep mitzvahs, your skirt has to be longer, daven, have kabbalah, put a twill in. Angels don't tell you what to do. So I have no questions on them. But if you really don't believe something you don't see, you have the same questions on them. They don't bother you. They don't tell you what to do. They don't bother you. That's why people have questions on angels. And the reason people have questions on God is because he bothers you. Sort of you think he bothers you because he gives you all these different laws. Anyway, I decided that I am done with this. I am done sitting and proving Hashem, the pig, it has split hooves, doesn't choose cut. If it wasn't written by God, how would anybody know? I'm like, nah, let's go a different direction. So this is my share tonight, everybody. So what you see here on my table, I don't know, camera, swing over here a little bit to the flowers and my cup of dirt. Here's my cup of dirt. Plain mud out of my backyard and a lot of flowers and some fruit, right? So this is what I decided to have prepared for these two girls from a very from school who have all these questions. So I'm talking to everybody out there who has questions or knows somebody that's an atheist or doesn't believe in, or there's a creator in the world. He said the following. Very fascinating. Here is dirt. Right? Dirt. For all those who can see the camera, this is dirt. Let us smell dirt. Dirt has no smell. Would you like to try Tell me what the smell that dirt has? It has no smell. Check it out. It has no reach. You can't make a bracha by your neighbor's summon on it. Check it out. Okay. Now, from this dirt in my front yard, many years ago, I planted two things. Lemongrass and peppermint. Okay? They both make very good teas. Now, I said to these girls, I took off a leaf, squeezed it. Okay, pass this to the class. Have a good smell. Geschmack tea, by the way. Yeah, check this out. Geschmack smell. Nice, nice. Now, you can't get high from it. It's just lemongrass. Uh, don't smoke it. Okay? So that's lemongrass. Now, we're going to pass next to the lemongrass in the dirt in my front yard. Anyone wants to come to my house can check it out. We planted these. Here. Wow. Check this out. Whoever likes nana. This is for nana. Check that out. Here, check this out. Peppermint. Strong peppermint. Very strong peppermint. Everybody watching, you hear the wows? Because it is wow. Now I said to the intelligent girl, and I'm saying to all of you, and I said to the not such intelligent girl, explain to me how you have something that has zero smell. Okay? You plant in it mint, and you plant in it lemongrass. And from this dirt that has no smell, right next to each other, Comes these two plants, one smells like a lemon, one smells like, like, not, not like, like peppermint, right? What gives it the smell? The earth has no smell, the rain has no smell, the sun has no smell, the air has no smell. So the four things that make things grow have no smell. How come this smells like nana? And how come this smells like lemongrass, if where it's coming from has no smell, and the ingredients that make it grow, sun, rain, water, air, have no smell, then where are these two little guys getting their smell from? Brainiacs, what do you think? Where does it get, where does it get the smell from? So I did this with these two, by the way, I did this in Eritrell also, in the seminary, and they're all looking at me like, I don't know. Guys, where does the smell come from? Hashem. What do you mean, Hashem? Hashem made it. What do you mean he made it? With, it's, they're both here. They're, look, they're both it in... They're, right, it doesn't make any sense. They're both growing like this. Like this. And one smells one way, one smells the other way. Meanwhile, where they're coming from has no smell. Nothing else has any smell. Now, let's go Vita. We have a bunch of roses, okay? One comes out of the ground pink. 
light pink. One comes out of the ground, yellow. One comes out of the ground, white. This is a freaky rose. Comes out of the ground, white and pink, right? You have all these different colors. How about this? Nice. Pipal. Okay. Hot pink. Now, I went to the florist today, and I said, these are all coming from the same place in the ground. And the ground has no color. And the air has no color. And the rain has no color. And the sun has no color. So, I asked the Korean guy, where does all these different colors come from? We just did smells. No, I want to know the... And shapes. Where does this guy come from? That's a weird shape, right? Coming from the same ground as the rose, from the same flower sort. I forgot what these are called. Peonies. This is a peony. Peonies, right? How about this, Heverman? Birds of paradise. God! How did you do this? Purple, orange, green. Crazy. You know, the reason it's called a bird of paradise is if you look at it from the side... Right? This is like, there's the birds in Florida that look like this. This is the mouth. This is the things coming out of the head. It's called the bird of paradise. That's what it's called. What? Manishtana. They're both coming from the same ground. They're both getting the same ear. Manishtana. So here we're talking about smell. And here we're talking about looks. And I bought, this is called a ginger plant. All these different shapes that Kosh made. And this is my favorite flower. Most people's favorite flower. He gave it to me for free because it's old. Calla lily, gorgeous flower. God, look at he, look what God did for me. He took the flower, and he and he twisted it like this, so it should look pretty like this. It's crazy stuff. Atheist? What are you, an idiot? So what, what, what? How did this happen? Right? And 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 the guy was very nice. He got all excited because I told him to give me a class. By the way, he's a really nice guy. Avenue N, in the corner of Coney Island Avenue, because you should know that he gives to my school sometimes. Some free roses, whatever it is. It's very nice. Carnations. I don't know what these are called. I'm sure someone's going to call me. Um, now, the rose, right, talks about in Cherishirim. It's full of thorns, as you can see. I told them not to take the thorns off. Why do roses have thorns? Because they're the most pretty flower of them all. And Hashem doesn't want the animals eating the flower. Because they have thorns. It's the one flower that animals, no animals can eat. Because they can't get thorns in their mouth. The famous saying is, there are those who, there are those... There are those who cry. There are those who are depressed because roses have thorns and those who rejoice because... No. There are those... There are, no, there are those that mourn that roses have thorns and there are those that rejoice that thorns have roses. That's just how you look at things in life. Now, all these different things, flowers, everybody who's watching, if you don't believe or you do believe, all these different things grow from the same ground... And they somehow, the ground, this brown stuff, right, has colors. I need Lome Vin. And this guy, this guy, right, if you take his leaf, now, you take any of these leaves of these flowers and you crush them, they don't have a smell. Roses used to have smells, but now they don't. If you take this leaf, ah, let's check that out. Let's see. Yeah, you should make an outside of summer, actually. So you know what that is. That's Hadassim. That's Hadassim. Yes, that's Hadassim. So every morning, Baruch Hashem, every morning, I leave my house. Guys, every morning I leave my house. And before I, before I go into my day, I take the peppermint. And I, and I make a bracha. Right? I'll ispe b'savim and I smell it. And then I smell the lemongrass. I say, Hashem, I love you that you made this just for me. And um, I don't hop. Like, like, where's, where's that beautiful smell coming from? And if you open up, if you go into a store and you look at the spices, right, nutmeg and pepper and all the different cinnamon and all these crazy smells that Kosh gave you the ability to taste. He didn't only give you all the different smells, but he gave you the ability for your nose to smell the difference between all of them. And he also gave your tongue, the, the, it, it, can, it, can, it can taste a million different different spices. Some people like this spice, some people like that spice, right? So the question I'm asking everyone is, where does the color come from? Where does the smell come from? Where, I made mean, I ate already. Where do these grapes come from? Now, 
By the way, apple, plum, donut peach. Hashem decided to make peaches flat for us. Right? Tangerine, nectarine, apricot, grape, cherry, blueberries. The earth makes this one blue, this one orange, this one red, this one green. They all taste different, but there's no taste in the earth. I'm not even asking my class tonight to taste dirt. Okay? Only guys that used to play basketball against me, they used to eat dirt. But otherwise, <laughs> right, that's only guys that used to eat dirt. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of emails about it. Ah, you, I was better than you. But whatever, right? Some have pits. Some don't have pits. This is seedless. Whatever. Um, so so I, don't understand, I don't understand what's going on. What's going on? Smells, colors, tastes, blue, pink, uh, red, green. And I don't have cantaloupe here, which is orange, and watermelon, and all the other things that Hashem has created for us. So these two girls are sitting there, and they're like, they don't even know what they walked into. It's like, they thought I'm going to go, ah, poof, and, and, and we show them, and I'm like, I, 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 I had a tupishvat party. I said, girls, tell me where the color comes from, where the taste comes from, where did all this come from? It's all from the same earth, same sun, same rain, Manishtana. And in apples, you have Macintosh apple and sour apples and, 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 and all these Rome apples and, and all the Cortland apples and all these different apples, even in the apple family. The, apple, the answer is very simple. Guys, the answer is very simple. Come on. What's the answer? Where do all the smells come from? Where do all the colors come from? What does it mean, Hashem? We don't understand it. What do you mean, is it? No! At creation, when He created the world, He put in a seed that smells like this, and a seed that tastes like this, and a seed that has this shape, and a seed that has this shape. And all the different seeds were put in there by creation. Because after creation, the sun and the wind and the water and the dirt have no taste, have no color, have no shape. So the whole world, since the first six days, right, it had to be put in the first six days. After the first six days, everything is unautomatic. It's not an automatic. It's not a process, but it's unautomatic. So I said to these girls, what are you asking me here? How could it be that there's no creator? If there's no creator, then nothing would have taste and nothing would have color. Are you following me, boys? Do you have any questions on this? Because they didn't. That was the end of my discussion. Then I found out why they didn't believe in Hashem what was their reasoning was because they were doing things they weren't supposed to. Of course. Hello. You're not turning over the whole school in a fruit based school because you have questions all of a sudden. I said, if you have questions, why don't you, ask, why don't you go look for the answers? Did you learn Svarim? Did you, did you read the Rambam? Did you do anything? You just ask a rabbi? That's not. If you, if you have a question, you're not going to stop until you get the answer. So anyway, so that's how you know that there's Akash Bochu in the world, because all the things that keep things growing don't have color, don't have smell, don't have taste. So at some point, the smell, the color, and the taste, a white rose, a red rose, the, the nectarine, the apple, it had to be created on that day that it was created. Once those seeds were put into the world, there was a cinnamon seed and a... And a, and a, and a lemongrass seed and all these other seeds were put into the world, then all these things can make them continue. But if you don't start with it, then it's going to smell like dirt and dirt has no smell. Alright? That's that part of the shit. I just wanted to go through with you that part of the shit. Now I also heard another ridiculous story. I'm sure some of you heard this story. You're going to like this story. This is an important story for you. Okay. So, there was a father Eretz Yisrael. It went around a little bit on WhatsApp someone told me, but I didn't see it on WhatsApp. There was a father in Israel, he had a son that was totally off the derech. And he was going to marry Shiksa, he was going to marry a non-Jewish woman, girl. And his father found out about it. His father begged him to come home before he decides to go marry her, he should come home for one Shabbos. Okay? So, he came home for that Shabbos in B'nai Brak. But he wasn't really keeping anything. And he was marrying this guy. That's it. It's Saturday night. He was leaving, flying to America, and he's going to marry this non-Jewish girl. Father said, okay, one Shabbos with me before you do this. Anyway, so he comes for Shabbos, 
and Durin Ben Ebrak, and Rav Steinman is giving a shear Shabbos, Shabbos afternoon. So he asked his son, he asked his son if he would come to the shear, which was strange because his son was not didn't keep anything. His son said, Rav Steinman's giving a shear. How long is it? Forty-five minutes. I'll come to the shear. He comes to the shear. And afterwards, they go with Rav Steinman. Father says, give him a bracha. He says, you should be about sliach. He says, by the way, the little hadol of Shashiva should know that he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like going to America to marry a non-Jew. So Rav Steinman started talking to him. Rebbe tried to talk him out of it, whatever it was. Anyway, he comes home, and the father asked the son, I don't understand. Why did you go with me to the shir? You're so anti. You're, you're very anti, and you... I'm going to marry a guy. Why would you? Why would you go to Rav Steinman's share? Listen to this naive, ridiculous story. So the boy tells his father that when he was in yeshiva in Bnei Brak, Rav Steinman came to Fahar to, to give a Fahar to the class. You know that's what the Gedolim used to do. They, they would bring them into the class to make the kids feel good. He said when Rav Steinman came, so I wasn't learning. And he asked me a question, and I tried to answer. But I didn't know the answer. It was wrong. So he asked me another question. Um, I tried to answer. It was an easier question, but I was wrong. He asked me another question, even easier, and I also got that wrong. Father said, okay. He says, when the class was over, Rav Steinman gave everyone a candy for, for answering a question. He says, when it was my turn to go up to him, he gave me three candies. So I asked him, why, why are you giving me three candies? He said, because you tried all three, you tr- effort, you tried hard to get the answer, and you should know that in Yiddishkeit, it's about the effort, not the goal. It's about the effort. And since you tried, even though you got it wrong, you tried, here's three candies. He said, I never forgot what, what he did for me that day. Instead of embarrassing me and saying, you didn't get anything right, you're not getting any candies, he gave me three candies. It's a very long story short, as far as the story goes, he... He uh, got that bracha from Steinman, and he didn't go to America, and he didn't marry a guy, and he married a Jew, and came all the way back. That's a, that's how the story. He just, it seems to be this person told over the story that it happened to him that that we, you reward effort. So the God al Hadar, he understood this kid got him all wrong. Instead of saying, "Ah, you don't get anything," you didn't get him all wrong. He gave him three candy. Everyone else got one candy. He got three candies. You hear? Have to be nice to your talmidim, to your children. Effort. It's not about getting it finished. It's about trying hard. You try hard? Try hard to daven? Try to do mitzvahs? Try to stay away from girls? Don't, don't, don't point the camera towards him. Okay? Okay. Um, you have to try. Just do your best. You have to try. Hashem wants a malus. That's this week's parsha. What does it say? What does it say? What does it say in this week's parsha? Yeah, you want to talk about trying? Yeah, parsha b'chukaisai. Fits right in with this week's parsha, guys. You know, this week is chazak chazak minis chazek. The last week, last parsha in Vayikra. In b'chukaisai teleichu. If you go on my chukas, it's it's moisai tishmeru, and you keep my mitzvahs, you watch my mitzvahs. I see some some zokrashi. Yachol zekiyim hamitzvah shuayme moisai tishmeru. Harikim hamitzvahs amar mani mekayim mechukasai teleichu. If you if you mechukasai teleichu, then you moisai tishmeru. It's a double lashon. So you say what? The work, the sweat. But why are you working and sweating? To get a good shidduch? Is that why you're learning? No. You're learning in order to keep the mitzvahs. That's why you're learning it. So, it's the sweat, it's the, it's, it's the labor, it's the work. As a Rebbe, that was, by me, that's how I marked the report cards, I'll try to mark your test. Effort, 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 effort. Because not everybody has the brains to, to reach the goal. Okay, you don't have to, you have to work. Okay. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Shavuos. Okay? And talk about, talk about work. Okay, let's go, 
We have a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes. Let's go to Rus. Okay? It's unbelievable, you know, because if you look at Rus, it started off so bad. So bad. She had such a bad life. But you know what? When you get to when you get to see the whole picture, right? He made sure he's shaitan, but you rub all right. The first pasuk in Rus, there's a hunger. Nobody has food. What happens? And Elimelech leaves. He was a shayfei, right? He says, "I don't want to give people tzedakah." He leaves. Him and his wife Naomi, and his two kids. All right. What happens when you leave? When you're supposed to be a shayfei. And helping them, what happened? They marry two Gayim. They marry two Gayim. But they wait till their father dies. But Yisraelim Nashimaya Vyais. They marry two Gayish girls. Shemachas Opashem Hashem's Ruth. So so far, this is not starting off on the right foot, right? There's a hunger in the land. They leave. He dies. His kids marry Gayim. And then what happens? And they die. So, right now, it's just a tragedy. Tragedy. The Shoifet leaves because people are coming to him for tzedakah. He runs away to stay in Moab. He dies. His kids are like, oh, dad died. Let's go marry some Gaisha girls. They marry two princesses from Moab. And then they die. So, Naomi lost her husband. And her two kids went off to Derech, who married Gayim. They also died. So now she's left with these two. Everyone who's watching, I spoke last week about turning the page. This is very important. Everyone who's watching, everyone who's listening, listen to, listen to understand the Yemais HaMashiach. Because Rus is about Mashiach. Because David HaMelech, right, is in Rus, comes from Rus. Mashiach with David comes from Rus. But you see that the beginning of the story is a disaster. Disaster in every which way. The Shaifin runs away. The Jews in Israel are starving. He dies. His kids say like, okay, dad's de- dead. Let's go marry some Goyim. They marry some Goyim. Then they die. Right? Naomi is left with the two Goyish daughter-in-laws. Right? No money. No food. No husband. No estate. Nothing. It looks like the end of this woman is over. This whole story is over. But if you flip the pages and you go to the last word, what's the... You're not concentrating. You're not getting excited. You're not focused. What does it say? First passage. But he even made Shreit HaShaftim. But he rubbed The first passage tells you there was a hunger. He ran away. Where did he go to stay Moab? He took his kids to the worst immoral. He went to the village of Manhattan. And he moved his family into the village. Okay? That's the first Pasuk in Rus. But, look at the last Pasuk in Rus. Last Pasuk. The last word in Rus is David HaMelech's name. Malchus, Klai Yisrael, David HaMelech, Mashiach ben David. So I was trying to get it through to everyone's head last week that, yes, sometimes it looks very bad in life and you look like you're getting whacked. Rav, there's a hunger. Kids are off the derech. Chas v'shalom. Mary Goyim, chas v'shalom. Machan and Chilion die. You're stuck with two daughter-in-laws that are princesses of Moab. It's really bad. You have no, Nami lost all her money, all her chuza. She said, don't call me Nami. Change your name. Usually we change the name for Rufu Shalema. She changed the name to Mara. Bitterness. She said, don't call me Nami. Nami comes from the word, no, I'm beautiful. So I'm not beautiful. I lost everything. I have nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I came, I came, I left Eretz Yisrael with everything, riches and everything. I'm coming back with nothing, which, is, which was a mistake she made. I'll tell you what she said. They came to Beis Lechem. 
and they were all in wonder. Is that you? You don't look so good. You're coming back with nothing. With your husband. With your children. So she said, When I left, I was rich. I was rich and I had children. So, Hashem, and Hashem brought me back empty. Don't call me Nami. Hashem honored me. Hashem pained me. And, 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 made it bad for me. Call me Mara. Because God made it very bitter for me. Well, actually, you left Eretz Yisrael, and you didn't want to get that. Your husband didn't want to get Sadaka, right? But that's how that's that's how that she came back. That's how they how they came back. So, uh, what I was trying to tell everyone is that look at the beginning of the story of Mashiach. The story of Mashiach is so miserable and so much pain. But in the end, Yishai heard this David. This is the same thing that we're going through. Yes, when he robbed Oretz. There's a hunger in the land. There's a hunger for Torah and mitzvahs. There's a hunger to be getting close to Hashem. How many kids are falling off? How many kids are dying from overdose of drug? What happened this week? I don't want to even get into it. Beautiful girl that I knew. Oh, she's in a coma. She's brain dead. These drugs, this stuff that kids are doing. and this, this, It's not normal. He There's a hunger in the land. Everyone's disconnected from Hashem. There's, there's, there's all types of of, of 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 crisis, and there's all kinds of 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 of, of, of intermarriage. But Yisrael have nashim There's so much intermarriage. There's so much death. There's so much mara. There's so many women that are walking around. Saying Karolini Mara Kihema Shaka Lima Oid I have such a bitter life. And that's the beginning of Rus. But you gotta hold on and you gotta turn the page. And if you hold on and you turn the page and you look at the end. In the end. This Naomi that said, I'm Mara, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, that you had a Goya, and now, the, 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 what, what do they say to her? Godless. In the beginning, when it looked so bad, she had a daughter-in-law that was a Moavi, Right? In the end, we know who Rus was a big tzaddikista. So pasuk tezvah v'hayu lechol lemeishiv neshiv lekalkeder ki kalosech your daughter-in-law asher ahevasech that you love your latitude that just gave birth as she toyv lechomish shiva banim she's better than seven sons. You lost two sons. This girl is better than seven sons. The whole story by turning the page flipped. Batikach nami zayeled and. And Naomi took this little child, this little boy, right? You let Ben Naomi. She said, "They said Naomi, you had another boy." And this child, Oived, was the grandfather of David Amalek, and 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 Rus became Ema Malchus. So yeah, in the beginning of the story is Taka what we're going through right now. In our Golas. Christ was going through Golas, the beginning of Rus. But Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, the end of Rus, the end of the story, is Yishai Helen's David, is the coming of Mashiach, and the birth of Mashiach. Hashtay? That's a very big chizik for all of us. Okay, that's not what I wanted to tell you. That's just connected to last week's parasha. But I want to tell you a little bit, and we'll end with David HaMelech. I want to talk about David HaMelech and where he got his, his spiritual DNA from. So we know he got his spiritual DNA from Rus. What did Rus say when her mother said, go home? She said, 
Don't push me away. Where you go, I will go. Where you will sleep, I will sleep. Amech, Ami, your nation is my nation. And your God is my God. Now, David HaMelech went through a very challenging time. I would like to read you this to understand who he was. David HaMelech was born on Shavuos. You know that, right? He died on Shavuos. He was born on Shavuos. So the Plishtim got together and Shaul the king and all of Klai Yisrael they, they put their camp in Emek Ha'ela and they decided they're going to go fight the Plishtim. Plishtim was there. Okay, there were two mountains. Plishtim were on one mountain and the Jews were on the other mountain. So two, two camps. Haggai Haggai was in between them in the valley. Okay. So they pushed him decided, you know what, we're not going to war with the Jews. We're going to send one guy out. And this huge giant came out from between them. From the camp of the Plishtim. His name was Goliath. Migas. Came from a place called Gas. His height was 12 feet. 12 feet tall. Okay, can you imagine that? You can't even imagine that. It's two feet above a basketball rim. That was his height without jumping. Okay? He had a copper helmet. He had mail um, oh, that was like scales that he wore as armor. And it was, it weighed so much. It was 5,000 shkalim of copper. He he was a walking tank. Okay? He was a walking tank. And they decided, instead of going army on army, you're going to do a challenge. Gullius and the best warrior of the Jews, Gullius wins, push them win, Jews lose. Jews win, push them lose. One-on-one. On one. They're going to have a one-on-one. On one. Whoever wins the one-on-one, on one, that's it. They're not, going a whole, they're not going to do a whole war. What are the consequences? Whoever wins and whoever loses. The, 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 the losing becomes their captives. Okay? So, Vayamod Vayikra Lamarachas Yisrael, so this Goliath came out and he said to them, Lama Tetsu Larach Muhammad, why are we going to go to war? Haloi Noichia Plishti, Vatem Avadim Lushol, Rulacham Ishmael Olav, I'm the Plishti, you servants of Shol, choose your man. Let's go, well, one. If you call Lachim ETV, Kani, if he beats me, will become your slaves. But if I kill him, you'll become our slaves. So he sort of made fun of. And Shaul heard this, and he became very scared because Shaul did not have a man that could take down this plishti. Now, what was this plishti so sure that he would win? Because his mother, his mother, who was Arpa had a schus that she held on to the army and she didn't, and when the army tried to send her around the first time and she was, she, she knew that her child would be such a warrior that there'd be no one in this world that could kill him. What she didn't know is there'd be one guy that could kill him, the guy that her sister, right, Rose, who held on longer. But Dover was a short, short guy, a redhead and he was short. So th- they never dreamt that there was another Jew and Shaul didn't know that there was another Jew. So Hitake became very, very scared. Very, very scared. What are they going to do? David heard about this. So, he came to show, and he went, and listen to what happened. So now the Plishtim were waiting for us to send out our guy. Peter that came with Olav, and he said, "What's going on over here?" David came. He thought to be, he thought he's going to come to a nice, good war. They'll be fighting and shooting, killing and blood, and there's nothing. There's like it's quiet. He said, "What's going on over here?" They said, "Oh, uh, this guy Goliath. He he's looking to go one on one." And everyone who saw him, by Yenusim Yipanov, Yerumoyd, everybody ran away. And this person told David Amelech that the guy who kills 
the guy who kills Goliath gets Shoal's daughter and a lot of money. Okay. So, David Melech said, Who's going to remove this embarrassment? We're being embarrassed in, 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 from this plishti. Who is this plishti? That he's making fun of the machnas of Hashem. So, his older brother heard about that he was there. And they, 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 it was a joke. Like, how's David Melech going to be able to do anything? But David Melech said, I can handle this. So they brought him to Shoal. But Yom Adavel Shol, Ayipalei Vadamolov. Don't worry about. It. Don't 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 be don't be scared of this giant. I will go fight with this plishti. Yom Adavel Adavel Leisach Alechal Plishti Azali Chavimoy. You can't go fight this plishti. Kinarata, you're a kid. Who is Mochal Menurav? This guy's been fighting since he's a young guy. He's a soldier. You're a kid, a little redhead with blue eyes. Yeah, there you are. Is your name David? Yeah. It's not David. It really is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out. Your name's David? All right. So what you with David, I'll show. What are you talking about? What does this have to do? He's telling Shoa Melech from his, from his great-grandmother, Rus, Elokaya, Elokaya, Hashem is my God. He said, what does this have to do with he's a fighter since he's a young guy? Who cares? I'm a shepherd. And a lion came and attacked my flock together with a bear. A lion and a bear. Those chutzpahniks, the lion and the bear, they took a lamb from my flock. But I went after them. Not only did I kill them, but I got the lamb out of their mouth alive. And then the lion jumped on me and I killed him too. I killed a lion and a, and, and a bear. And what? You think that this plishti is more than, more than they are? No. no. This is the big one. This is what we have to learn from David HaMelech. Hashem! What are you talking about, Shaul HaMelech? You're talking about he's a warrior and he, and he, and he, and he has experience and I'm just a kid? This has nothing to do with a warrior. Shalom Melech. Hashem, who that saved me from the, the lion. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kill the lion and the dove. Hashem did. Who Yatsen me? I didn't understand what he was talking about. This is not about a warrior. It's not about weapons. This is about God. Okay? When you talk to someone like that, Shaul's answer to him was, Okay, go. Now you have to remember, boys, that if David loses, Shoal and all of Klyasrael are captives to the Plishtim. Why did Shoal take a chance here? You have a little guy who's a shepherd who never fought a war in his life. Now if you're going to send him and this Plishtim is going to smash his head up, then you're going to become a captive. Why would Shoal take such a chance? Why don't you just say, forget it, it's not a good idea. We'll go to war. We'll all go to war, right? Because when he heard what David said, and listen to what his answer was, when he heard that David said that Hashem is going to save me, listen to what Shol answered to David. But Yom Shol David, Lech, go. Why? Why am I letting you go? Because Hashem is going to be with you. If you're a guy that's not your strength, not, nothing to do with you, you believe that Hashem is going to be the one who's going to save you, then Hashem is going to go with you. Then it doesn't matter what size or how tall you are or how much practice you have and all of that. So then Shol took off his clothing. Shol was huge. It was much bigger than David. And he put the helmet on and it was a miracle that the clothing shrank and it fit David perfectly. When David saw Shol's face, because that's not what Shol thought was going to happen, then Shol thought for a minute that maybe David was going to take his place. Right away, David realized that he was very smart. And he said, no, I can't fight with armor. I got, I'm, 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 a, I'm a shepherd. I got to be loose. Take the armor off. He took the armor off. Okay? I can't go like this. He took him off. He took a stick. He took five stones. He put it in the sack. And he came to the plishti. 
Vayabed HaPlishti Vayiraz David. The Plishti saw this little boy, David. Vayivizeyu. He embarrassed him. Ki Hoyanar. He was a kid. Amoni. He was a redhead, Mr. David. But, in Yusei Mare, he was very good looking. Okay? So, he was a redhead with blue eyes, but he was very good looking. Vayamah Plishti El David. You think I'm a dog? You're coming at me with a stick? He didn't show him the, the slingshot with the stones. He had them hidden. He didn't show them that. He just showed them they had a stick. So, the Plishti, I'll tell you two fast fatars, and I'll let you go. The Plishti said, Oh, David, come here. I'm going to give your, your meat, your flesh, to the birds. And to the, the domestic animals in the field. Right away, David knew at that point, says, the, says, the, says Chazal, that he was going to win. How do you know he was going to win? Because this guy threatened him that I'm going to kill you and I'm going to give you a flesh to the domestic animals. Domestic animals don't eat meat. Domestic animals only eat vegetation. So the minute he said out of his mouth that I'm going to, give you, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to give you a meat, your flesh, to the domestic animals... David Melech got that from Shemayim, that that came out of his mouth, because you're not going to give my meat to the, because they can't eat my meat, and therefore I'm not going to be the one that's going to die, you're going to be the one that's dying. You come to me, listen carefully boys, you need to know this in life everybody, you're coming to me with a cherev, a chanes, a you're coming to me with a javelin, a, a spike thing, and a sword, I am coming with the name of God. You are going to be put in my hands and I will give your meat to the birds. And that's what happened. He took his five stones and it was a very big miracle. It's a beautiful Medrash Rabbah on this. It's, a very, it, 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 it's in my book on Hakar Satov. He took the five stones. Each one was a different malach, whatever they were. There's different enforcement of what the five stones were. right? And he, and he, he killed him. And then he chopped his head off with his cherev. But it says that the stones, no, the helmet that he was wearing was a copper helmet. Stones cannot go through a copper helmet. Stones, no matter how hard they cannot go through a copper helmet. It's metal, a heavy, thick, no, with a thick metal helmet. So it says that the stones, the malachim of the stones, the angels of the stones said to the malachim of the helmet, of the copper, will make you a deal. You open up, you become soft so that the stones can kill this Russia. And we will, we will, until that day, they used to use a very sharp stone to do brismila. We see by, uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu when he was swallowed by the snake, so she took out the stone, sharp stone, she did the brismila tzipora, right? So they used to always use, a, it's called a tzorar, right? A stone. So the, 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 the stone said, we will give up the mitzvah of Mila that we're used for Bismillah. If you become soft and let us kill this, this terrible Russia, then from now on, Kleishwell will take on that you only do a Bismillah with a scalpel, with, a, with metal. That's what happened. We see from here that even stones understand that there has to be a curse of so the stones told the metal that if you open up and let us through, then we'll give up being, being the thing for the bris, and we'll let the metal be for the Stones understood that you have to have a cross on top. You're letting us go through the metal. We're going we're gonna to pay you back. They are alive. Of course they're alive. Everything, it says that every blade of grass has a malach. But we don't ask our malachim because they don't tell us what to do. Anyway, but so that... Carried, something that was so impossible to happen, happened. Right. And the fact that it happened was for the proof that... that the, of course, Malachim are alive. Malachim take your tools up. The Malachim... We, we, you know... Shalom Aleichem, Malachim Asharis. Every, every Friday night, what do you say? You say Shalom Aleichem to the, to the Malachim, 100%. Anyway, so the closing remark I'd like to make on, on this whole thing is, number one... All these different things that come out of the ground with all these different colors and all these beautiful different smells. The things that make it happen do not have any smell. It's all because of Kodesh Baruch Hu in the six days that he created the world. 
he put this all into the earth, and then from then on it was copied, it was copied, it was copied. There was a peach created, and there was, a, and there was an apricot created, and then there was an apple created, and there were blueberries created. And you know what? They all have different shapes and different colors. Why? Why don't they all just look alike? Because Hashem wanted to make it for the person, the smell and the taste and everything else, to make it endeared to the person. So certain people have certain attractions to different colors. People like red roses, people like white roses. Where does the color come from? Why is it white? Why is it red? It's not, the earth is not white. There's no, there's, no, there's no pink earth, right? There's no red earth. It's Mars. Because the Kishbar who put that into the Bria when he created the world. So therefore you know that there's a, 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 someone who created the Bria. They walked out of it. It was over. The whole question thing was over. Because this is, you can't answer this. And I asked them. I said, here, smell the dirt. It has no smell. Where, where does my lemongrass have the smell from? So it had to be by a creator. So what do you mean there was no creator? It couldn't just happen. All the different smells couldn't just happen. After they were created, you want to talk about evolution that flowers change. Like they don't smell as much as more because we played around with it in the earth and everything else. Fine. Pollution. What, fine. But where did the first smell come from? Where did the first color, where the first rose come from? Where did the first lemongrass come from? That had to be from a creator. The, the other point that was very important tonight is that if you look at the beginning of Rus, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's intermarriage. It's death. It's death of a father. Death of children. It's a hunger. It's a woman that lost everything. It's a woman that said, I used to be beautiful. I used to be in the army. Now I'm Mara. And the end of the thing, and the end of the story, which is not, it's only two pages, at the end of Rus, they're telling the army how happy you should be that this daughter-in-law that you have is better than seven daughter-in-laws. And at the end, the last words, the last words, the last words, is Oive, is Yishai, Haylit, is David. And that's how we, ha- we have to always hold on, hold on till we see the Yishai, Haylit, is David. What is Yishai, Haylit, is David? That's Mashiach, Mishasim, Beheri, Amenu, Amen. Thank you for coming. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.